Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Take your Bibles, if you would, turn to Luke chapter 1. We, we go back to verses 26 through 38 and the account of the angel Gabriel. And he's announcing to Mary that she is going to be the human vehicle, as it were, the, the human conduit uh, through which the promised Messiah is going to come into the world. Today's focus will be primarily on verses 27 through 30, uh, looking at issues relating to Mary herself. Perhaps we could call this, if last week was the chronological and geographical context, today is the personal context as it relates to Mary. And we'll look at that after we have refreshed our minds in the entirety of the storyline here, beginning with verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a child and This is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So in my preparations for these messages, I am resisting the temptation. There is a temptation that is strong to just kind of blow my way through these passages, some of them, because... As the voice tells me in my head, they're all so familiar with it. What could you possibly tell them that they don't already know? And uh, they're going to say, well, Pastor Mike, you can't spend forever in this story. You can't exhaust it, and I'm not even trying to. But I do want to make sure that we take the time to cover the things that are important so that we don't just assume that we do know all that is there, but we, uh, we, we take the time to let the Spirit and the Word speak to our hearts about the coming of the Lord Jesus. As I've already said, uh, today's focus calls us, to dis- calls us to discover the personal context uh, as it relates specifically to Mary. For example, in verse 27 of the passage, it makes mention twice that Mary was a virgin. So that becomes a point of personal context. She's a virgin. What does that mean? Let's deal with that. Luke says that the young woman that Gabriel was dispatched from the presence of God to visit was a virgin. What does he mean by the term? 
Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a valid question to ask because the word virgin does have more than one meaning. It does have sort of a primary meaning, but it has other meanings. For example, I went to our friend Merriam-Webster and to see what they had to say in English uh, as it relates to this particular word. And, and I found three uh, definitions. Of course, the definition number one is the primary one, a person who has yet to experience sexual relations. That is a virgin, male or female, Right? But there's also other ways in which the word is used. It is also used of a person who is simply inexperienced in an endeavor or activity. We might call them a virgin. And then definition number three, and I don't think we use this too terribly much, at least not in church circles, but maybe in the world it's considered that an unmarried female, without regard to her sexual activity, if she's unmarried and has never been married, she is a virgin. Now, don't, don't write me letters and tell me how I've defined that wrong. I'm just, I'm, I'm just reporting what the dictionary said, okay? I'm not telling you what I'm, how I'm viewing it. Now, the question that I want to bring to us, though, is this. Which of these three is Luke indicating in this passage? And I need to remind us that that's not too terribly hard to figure out because Luke is a physician. Remember that now. Luke is a physician, Uh, Luke is well-versed in human reproduction, and he's well-versed in the words that would indicate someone's sexual activity or lack thereof. And and he's a researcher, and he's an an investigator, as well as being uh, a a physician. And, and, And so the word that Luke chose is parthenos. Parthenos is a word that was exclusively used of females who were not married and were not yet sexually active. Why is it important to say not married? Because I think the, 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 the assumption is, is that if you are married, you are sexually active. I mean, that's, that, those two sort of go hand in hand, okay? Uh, but that word spoke of females who were not married and not yet sexually active. And this piece of information that we find Luke giving us correlates with a prophecy that was given by Isaiah 600 years earlier when he wrote in chapter 7, verse 14 of Isaiah, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, I don't have time, it's not part of what the message is about today, to talk about how that particular prophecy in Isaiah had a near and a far fulfillment. There was an immediate context in which it was fulfilled where the meaning was not someone would uh, conceive as a virgin. Um, And then there's the far connection. And the far connection is made clear by the fact that when the angel of the Lord was dispatched to Joseph, remember Joseph gets the message from Mary because they're engaged but they're not yet married. They have not yet consummated that relationship and and Mary comes to Joseph and tells him I'm with child uh, I haven't been unfaithful uh, this is an act of God he sent an angel well, yeah, that's all not recorded but I'm making a lot of assumptions I'm assuming that's probably what happened uh, and um, I don't think that he, she just shows up six months later with a big belly and he's going oh my gosh Mary what happened I think she went and told him and and of course he doesn't believe that who would and so he he he's 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 all in a quandary and, and, and Matthew chapter 1, verses 19 through 23, tells us about his quandary. Uh, he, by, by, by all rights, the Jewish law gave him the, 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 the right to have her stoned. Because if she's pregnant and they've not come together, that means she's been unfaithful 
to this to the to, to the, the betrothal, and and so uh, the, the the remedy of adultery was 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 capital punishment. It was it was stoning. Well, but now they're under the rule of Rome, and Rome wouldn't allow them to do that. So he could put her away with big fanfare, you know, uh, making sure everybody understood what kind of immoral woman she is, and I'm innocent of any and all problem here. He had that right, but of course, remember how the language says he was, he, was, he was minded to put her away privately. In other words, not to make a big deal out of it. But the point was, he was minded to put her away, because obviously something's wrong. And then, so God sends the angel to visit him, and to make sure he understands that this pregnancy that Mary has, she's not been unfaithful, she's not been unmoral, this is an act of God. And, uh, and so, after that visitation... In a dream with the angel of the Lord, Joseph accepts the situation, believes her, and carries right on in obedience and faith to what the Lord wanted him to do. And, and so there's the context of that. But, but before we move on, I, I think that there's another issue here that we need to make sure we understand. And, and it has to do with the question, why is this issue of virginal conception actually important? I mean, is this just a bunch of theological wrangling that those who live in the ivory white towers and monasteries spend their days and times parsing, but for us regular folk it means nothing? Why is that even important? And that brings us to the first truth point, which tells us why it's important. God's salvation plan called for a Savior who would be untainted by the human sin nature. That's why the issue is important even to you and me, the common everyday person whom this truth impacts is because God's plan for salvation called for a savior who was untainted with the human sin nature. We looked at Genesis 3.15 last week. I come back to it briefly this morning, reminding us of this meeting that God had with, with Eve and with Satan and, 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 and reminding us how God had said that you, Satan, you're going, to, you're going to damage his heel, but there's going to be this seed of a woman who's going to crush your head. And the question is, how did God prophesy that the head of the serpent would be crushed? It would be crushed through the seed of a woman. Well, that's beautiful, but there's a problem. Women don't have seed. So there's a problem there. No, if you took your biology class and passed, you know that the female of the species has eggs. And eggs have to be seeded. They don't have seed. And, and so, and it's the male who carries the reproductive seed that seeds the egg, right? We all understand that. Well, I don't have to give you any visual, visuals on the screen, right? Okay, we all, most of you are parents and grandparents. I think you know what it's all about. So the question then is, if God said the seed of the woman is going to be the one who brings deliverance, was God mistaken? Well, if we consult biology, we'd have to say yes. When we consider that he's the creator and he has the power to do whatever he chooses to do, we say no, because he wasn't mistaken, quite the contrary. You see, here's the bottom line. The Savior that God promised had to be human. He had to be human. Couldn't be an angel. It couldn't just be God coming and doing his thing. the, the, The deliverer had to be human. And so he had to come through humanity. He had to come by way of natural humanity, which is through the woman. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14, 14 and 15 say this. Since therefore the children, 
And that word children there is talking about the human beings that the Messiah would save. Since the children share in flesh and blood, then he himself, the Messiah, likewise had to partake of the same things. That through death, and only as a human could he die, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. The Messiah had to be human. So he had to come through humanity. He had to come through the woman. But he could not have the seed of Adam in him. Because Adam was the one who sinned with his eyes wide open. Remember, the the woman was deceived. But the man simply rebelled. And that's when they fell. And that's when their eyes became open. Now, it is true that women have a sin nature. Can I get a witness on that, men? (laughs) However, it would seem as we study the Scripture that the sin nature is not passed through the woman but passed through the seed of the man. It was through the man, Adam, that sin entered the world and thus spread to all men. It doesn't say it was through Eve that sin entered the world. Romans chapter 3. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission. On Mission.